There is no duality in non-duality. Welcome to the Urban Guru Cafe. Bob Adamson holds meetings three times a week in Melbourne, Australia. He often opens the meetings with a talk outlining the main pointers on the subject of non-duality. Well, it's the same old thing we talk about. Keep talking about the same old thing over and over and over again. And if you look back into the ancient traditions, you'll see it's been talked about over and over and over again and explained down through the ages. And whatever label we put on it is not it. Though it's given many labels. In Hinduism they call it Advaita, meaning non-duality. And to try and explain that non-duality, they say one without a second. One without a second because even the idea of one implies that there could be other than one. So that's just to cancel out even that concept. The word they put upon it is that. That is all there is. And that's the Mahavakya, or the great word in the Hindu tradition, is I am that. Thou art that, this is that, that's that. Every seeming thing is that. And the that they're talking about is nothing that we can grasp with a concept or a label or a word of any sort. So even if I say it's the isness or beingness, those words don't even grasp. In the Dog Chen, the ancient scriptures of Buddhism, or the ultimate teachings of Buddhism, they say it's non-conceptual, ever-fresh, presence awareness, just this, nothing else. Dog Chen translated means the great perfection, and they give it to you in one sentence, the great perfection is non-conceptual awareness. Again, it's that awareness, or knowing that you are, without any concepts, without any labels, at all. It is a thought-free awareness. Awareness are free of thoughts. Thoughts are only concepts. And all the traditions, if you look into them closely enough, trying to describe this, will say it's omnipresence, omnipotence, omniscience. Not three things, but three aspects of the one. Omnipresence, total presence, omnipotence, total power, and omniscience, total intelligence. So it's three aspects. Our intelligence, power, and presence. Timeless, in other words, knowingness, and energy. Not three things, but that's three aspects of the one. Nobody who is not knowing that they are right now. That's the intelligence. Not I know this or know that. Some intellectual knowledge. It's the actual knowing. And to be able to reason that or even express that as a thought. That power or that life energy has got to be there. And when you are expressing that thought or any other concept or even when there's no concept, it's always presence. What we call presence. Now presence is a, a subtle form of time also. So don't even need that label. But in presence we're talking about the immediacy, which again can't be described. That's another label we put on the timeless. So if what they say is true, it's omnipresence, omnipotence, and omniscience, total presence, total power, and total intelligence. Does that leave room for a you or a me or anything at all that can be outside of that? 
that there's any belief or concept or idea that it's outside of that totality. It wouldn't be totality anymore. So everything that's appearing, being spoken, thought about, read about, or understood or not understood, or whatever, is still that same essence. It's not outside of that totality. So it's indivisible. Well, I said earlier, it's one without a second. Only that. So that's why we say here right from the start that what you are seeking, you already are that. If you fully grasp what's been said up till now, that's all you ever need to know or understand. That you already are that. Because, you see, the search believe there's something to get or something you're going to get or something happen you've got and you've gone away from omnipresence you've gone into a future time and the belief that there's someone who's going to get something so you've moved out of that totality you've moved into the seeming time again so that means that the search itself is the problem because that's what the search implies there is somebody who does all these practices and does all this meditation, all sorts of practices and rituals and things like that. I will become. I will become enlightened or become realized or become something. But you see, that concept becoming has immediately seemingly taken you away from omnipresence again. Presence is being. And being can never be becoming. And there is nobody right here, right now, who can negate their beingness. Nobody can say, I am not, under any circumstances. You know that you are. And that beingness is not a beingness in the past or a beingness in the future. It's the actuality of what is happening right now. And again, you see they call God supreme being. We call ourselves human beings. Take away that label supreme. Take away the label human. And then separate the beingness if you can without a label. We've got that word being behind a lot of things. That's being the carpet, that's being the chair. That's being a ready, that's being something else. Take away the label carpet, chair and a ready, what's left? Still only that beingness. So you see, the separation is all conceptual, all labelling, all word. And that's another thing we point to here. That the word is not the thing. The word can never be the real. You can say water, water for the rest of your life, but you'll never be able to drink the word, water. The word water won't quench your thirst. And the word fire doesn't burn your mouth when you say it. So the word is not a thing. It's just a symbol or a label for something. And that's been our problem. We've been looking for it in words and labels calling it awareness, enlightenment, realisation, or some other thing. And we knew you've got to use labels. But it's a matter of understanding that the word is not the thing. And the word hasn't got any power in the independent nature itself. And then you can use the word as much as you like. We're no longer bound in the belief that it has some substance or independent nature. It has some reality. So that's why we say right from the start that you already are that. 
and even taking that as a fact and the realization must dawn on you immediately there's nothing to seek What has been happening is we've been investigating and trying to go beyond the mind and all these thoughts and concepts. And as soon as we do that, try and settle in this thing we call awareness, then we've got to try. Then we look and try and see what this awareness is. We try and fit a concept onto that. But if I point to you now that you're already that, what have you got to do to attain that? What have you got to look to find it? It's already and instantly there. All that needs to be done then is see whatever concepts, ideas, or thoughts or images come up as seemingly obscuring it. And see them for what they are. And seeing them for what they are, which is quite easy, then you don't have to turn around and look and try and attain that. Because that is there in its immediacy already. You realize that everything is appearing on that or in that. And you can see that, get a quite a glimpse of that almost in the immediacy of the moment by just pausing the thought. If I ask you what's wrong with right now if you don't think about it, what have you got to do? To try and find out what's wrong right now without thinking about it, you've got to pause the thought for a moment. And you can easily pause the thought. Anybody chattering away and blah blah or talking talking out loud and I say stop and you shut up or stop immediately. Well all that chatter was thought being expressed as words. When you stop, well that brief instance there's no thought there, so it's easy enough to pause a thought. So if you ask yourself what's wrong with right now and don't think about it and pause the thought, see what's there then. In that immediacy, you can't say anything about it. You can't say it's good, bad, doesn't pay for anything without a thought. But without that thought, do you fall apart? Do you disappear? Is that the end of you? And we believe that this thought is so wonderful and so powerful that we can't live without it. But in that pausation, there is that naked awareness there. We'll call it awareness, want of a better term, that naked knowingness. And I mean naked, it is unadorned by any concept. Not being grasped or attached to it. That's there in its total presence. And the next thing that will happen is another thought will appear on thinking of starting. At that moment, without that thought, you were prior to mind. This is the thing that people think it's some hard task to do, trying to get beyond the mind. But it's as simple as that. Being prior to the mind is being when the thought is not. And realising that without that thought, I still am. You don't have to think that thought. The knowing of that is constantly there. Because you don't disappear, you don't fall apart. There is that naked awareness. You realise that the thought that starts up, it starts up what was there when thought was stopped. 
as I say, if you haven't disappeared, it's not a new beginning for you. You're not just starting off afresh in a new beginning. The thought starts up on what is there. And what is there is can't be grasped by a concept. That's your naked awareness and that's your natural state. So you must realise from that, if you look at that, that's always been there. What's so great about this? It's always been there. And you know that. Innately you recognise it when it's pointed to you. Innately you recognise because you've already known it. Already. That's why we call it recognised. It's already been cognised on many, many occasions. But it hasn't been recognised for what it is or understood for what it is. Now in being pointed out, you might realise that that's what it is, that's what I am. In that recognition or recognising, there's no one or no thing that cognises or recognises. Because we point out here, we'll show you in a minute too, that there is no centre anyway in this body that I can say this is me. No centre in the body or it is not in this thing we call mind. There is no centre of this mind. If there was a centre of this mind, what would it be? Because mind is nothing but thought. Nobody can show me a thing called mind. Anybody show me their mind? This thing we've given this label mind to and rave on about so much. Is it anything substantial or with any independent nature? Show it to me if it is. Pinpoint it. But you can't. Mind is nothing but thought. Really, there's no thinking, there is no mind. So, primary thought that comes up is this I am thought. If we were, this thing we call mind, if we were thought, it would be this I am thought. But how often throughout the day do you think I am? If you were this I am thought, you'd be consistently repeating it all day, I am, I am, I am. Just continually confirming your being. But you don't have to confirm that because you can't really negate it. And as I say, the thought is not there most of the day. That thought, oh, I have thought. When it comes up, you communicate to somebody, I do this or I do that or something. Just another label we put on things, another concept. So you're not that thought. So There's no centre there as a thought. There's no centre in this body that I can say this is what I am. But we say that that cognising is there. What is it that's cognising? No centre of this body or this mind, and the seeing is still going on, the hearing, the thinking, the tasting, the touching, the smelling, and the feeling is still going on. It must be that emptiness itself, what we call emptiness, which is not a vacuum or a void. That emptiness is suffused with an innate intelligence, and that intelligence is the cognising aspect. So it's cognising emptiness. They're not two things. The emptiness, we call the emptiness, it's not a vacuum or a void, something appears on it, it's not two things. It has that capacity of knowing also. 
intelligence energy is what I call intelligence energy the activity of knowing so that is constantly and always and ever there and when they say in the scriptures that our problem is ignorance they're not saying that we're dull or stupid they're pointing it out exactly as it is that we are ignoring our true nature and focusing into the appearance and that's what's happened to us ever since we started to reason and that's when the focusing in the appearance began you see what I say it's emptiness seeing the Buddha's call it cognizing emptiness and it's not that we are cognizing emptiness it is the emptiness itself that has that capacity of cognizing You've been listening to Bob Adamson in Program 4 of the Pointer Series. That's it for now from the Urban Guru Cafe. If you have any comments to make about this story or any ideas you would like to hear about, you can find our contact details at urbangurucafe.com. Thanks for listening. There is no duality in non-duality.